Hello, beautiful humans. Time to tune into that frequency of healing humanity. We are so happy, grateful, and humbled to have you here again today with us. My name is Amber. I am a transformational business mentor. And I am Katie. I am a registered nurse and a quantum energy healer. Our life mission is to expand the consciousness of the collective with a new way of thinking and a new way of being in order to heal humanity through our mentorship and consulting work. We are building a legacy of like-minded businesses that are here to make a massive impact in this world. In this podcast, we'll be tuning into mindset, leadership, energetics, and serving the greater good to make this world a better place for generations to come. We truly believe that anything is possible. Every single person on this planet has unseen, limitless potential to become bigger than your current self. But for most of us, we weren't given the right knowledge to tap into our inner resources, to take the right actions, and to nurture that unseen potential. So welcome, welcome, welcome back to Healing Humanity Podcast. We see ourselves as leaders, healers, mentors, and homies to all of you here today. We truly are in this together and just aspire to inspire all of you to take actions that serve you, others, and the world at large. Let's get it. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to Healing Humanity, where we have a guest speaker with us today, and her name is... Leah Gassler. Nice to meet you all. Hello, Leah. Thank you for coming on our podcast today. We are honored and grateful to have you here today. Can you tell us a little bit more about who you are, what you do, all the cool things? Yes. So I am a sex and intimacy coach, and basically I help people reconnect to their sexuality and in particular have the best sex of their lives. It's kind of like my mission to, to help people love sex in the most empowered and fulfilling way that they possibly can as like a reconnection to yourself and a deep connection to the person that you love. So that is what I help people do. (laughs) It's beautiful. And I feel like intimacy is so underrated um, with like society beliefs and conditioning. Um, So like what inspired you to actually step into this specific niche? Like what's your story? Yeah, it's, I would never have expected that I would be (laughs) coaching on this topic because I was so far at the other extreme that like, it wasn't even on my radar of, of like something that I even was willing to look at for a long time, for a long, long time. And, um, I mean, for me, like my own, I, yeah, society has, we have our own whole host of programming and conditioning and a lot of stuff of against like against intimacy really and against like pleasure and physical pleasure and for me it goes way back to like I mean when I was first discovering my sexuality and 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 what that meant like for who I was and stuff and like as a child I had some I have a history of like sexual abuse so I really conflated like my own body with like like sex with kind of a a a violation in a way and like I had closed myself off like shut down my my pleasure like the ability to for myself to let myself feel pleasure around sex because it was connected with really negative things from my past 
So for a long time, I dealt with that. And I kind of like, it's not that I didn't like have um, sexual experiences that I enjoyed, except the power dynamic was very much of a, like, I am just going to use my body in this way where I have power in this situation. And I like really used my sexuality as a way to like, yeah, have intimacy with people, but also feel in control. It was kind of, I like kind of took, sorry, I'm just one off the deep end. You asked me that question. I went off the deep end. Oh, this is so Thank important. Sharing. Yeah, like, I kind of took um, the powerlessness that I felt from the childhood sexual abuse and turned it around so that I was like, no, I'm just going to use my sexuality and my body and my looks and my power to feel in control in sexual situations and feel in control in relationships, which were completely devoid of intimacy. That's the thing about it. It was like sex that was a physical thing, but really did not have any, I would not like, there was no heart opening there. There was no like connection. It was very much a, a transaction little thing or a power dynamic thing so that I could feel good about myself kind of thing, you know? And like, this was just the way that I operated through my like teenage years into college and stuff like that. And um, I didn't really let myself ever discover intimacy. Um, when and was, like, when was that moment that you realized you wanted to change or? Yeah. Switch? <laughs> yeah. So I had like, I, I basically after like when I got so at some point I, I got married I had a child and at this point I basically shut down like a lot of my sexuality because I'm like I'm married I can't like use my sexuality in this way to have you know feel like I'm in control and stuff like that so like I had this very plateaued sex life with my then husband and we just had that like it, it was like everything fell flat I just didn't sex was of no interest to me whatsoever I did not want to have it I like avoided it at all costs like if he harassed me enough about it I would like throw, throw him a proverbial bone and and like get it over with so I could get him off my back and go on with my day I mean I'm laughing about it but it's kind of a gross feeling it's a gross feeling and that's it wasn't necessarily him you know it was that my whole I didn't have a relationship with sexuality that wasn't really about pleasure and intimacy. You know, it wasn't really about like feeling the, the sensual experience of my body. I was completely cut off from that. I was very much in my head with my career at that time. I was a teacher and I was just obsessed with like making my lesson plans and grading my kids' homeworks and, and doing all of those things. And, and, um, and I wasn't connected to sexuality as something that I really like could cultivate as like a a sense of self, a sense of self-expression, a connection with another human. And so because of that, like I really let my my sex life just completely dry up. And I was not conscious of that. You know, I, I just it's kind of also in our cultural programming that this is like normal that like when you get married your sex life dries up and like you can kiss the spark goodbye it's gone you know like and then people go have an affair so they can go like you know spice things up again and so 
um eventually so the where you asked about where the intimacy came back in is that like when my marriage fell apart which was not specifically for those reasons it was for a lot of reasons it was not working I um the first relationship that I was in after my marriage um was with a woman and she really was like asking me to like open up intimately and I was like what what <laughs> like I, I don't, you know, I, um, I just had a lot of hangups. Like I, I put my hands over my chest, like instinctively, but that's really where, like, I, like my work is all a lot about energy. You know, once we get past, like all of the, once we understand all of the programming stuff, it's a lot about energy. So like, I was not willing to open up my heart space, you know, and as much as I like loved her and valued the relationship, I didn't understand how to like open that up, you know? Um, and I was like, I just had so much resistance to it. It, it made me physically uncomfortable. So it's funny because she asked me to go with her to like, um, kind of like a sex coach, like Tantra, like Tantra, you know, and, and learn like breathing, exercises and stuff you know and um I can't tell you how freaked out I was by it I, I was all like I just was not available for that with her you know like and not not with her but just with another human because I hadn't even done it for myself like I hadn't even gotten that intimate with myself and that so so I like, I like shelved that experience. Like I didn't think about it until I came full circle to discovering it for myself. And then I was like, oh, this is exactly what she was asking me to do. But like the fact that I was with her, with her in that moment, like with another person, I couldn't be witnessed in my own, like opening up around that. Like it, it had to come from within me in order for me to get it. Um, and so, but that was like the first real like eye-opening experience because I had already done like quite a bit of personal development by that point. Like my personal development journey really started when I found out I was going to have a child and I was like, oh my God, I don't know how to be a human. How am I going <laughs> to raise a human? <laughs> <laughs> and so like I went on my own journey and, and stuff. So by the time I was in this relationship with her, I was, I had already done quite a bit of personal development. However, I had not confronted a lot of myself. You know, I hadn't really gone to the depths that I needed to go to in order to break open, like in order to love myself deeply enough that I could be like witnessed intimately. And that's really what it all like came came down to. So it took me another like two years and like a major horrible, horrible breakup, heartbreak, dark night of the soul to to get into this space where I was willing to look at like the depths of who I am and like love me in all of all of the just what felt like the rubble of my life, you know, um, to discover this um, connection to intimacy and being able to be with another person that closely 
And, um, and for me, a lot of the rubble of my life, like the dark night of the soul stuff had to do with confronting the childhood sexual abuse and things like that, that I really didn't want to look at, you know, the stuff that I really did not want to ever confront and ever look at, you know? So it just kind of all came full circle for me. It took me a long time to get here, you know? And so the reason why I'm so passionate about the, about, about the, the work that I do is that it's, it's individual you know it's about sex and connection to to your partner but for me it's really important that like an individual gets it on their individual level because it's easier that way like for me in my experience it's it's easier it's more direct to to like understand that this concept of intimacy and deep energetic connection is first to yourself before it's really able to be shared and enjoyed with your partner um and so like so yeah that's that's where I find myself now with this work is that offering that for humans (laughs) I love that the whole entire time that you were telling your story and sharing all of that I just was covered in cold chills and like I can just I can feel the passion in you and I can the work that you've done to be like the person that you are and I just think that it's so beautiful and cathartic that you know, most coaches in this space now that are really passionate about what they do, it all comes from, you know, their traumas, things that they've had to overcome, like really dark things that, you know, is hard to decipher and hard to work through. And yet to this place where you've overcome all of that, and then you get to extend your healing journey with like helping other people. And I find that that's so beautiful. So we're doing that work. Yeah, it, it's, I, I love it too. I love it too. And I love seeing, I love seeing the same thing with, with coaches. It's like, we're really getting that our journey is not just, is for us to experience our whole, our soul's fulfillment here, but it's also for us to share and for us to like help all of us rise together. It's just so thrilling. I'm like, I'm in love with it, you know? <laughs> absolutely and that's what makes your work so meaningful as well because like you've had the experience yourself and that's why you're so convicted in your words and the things that you clients want to move the way that you do because inspiration to the world now that you decided to take your poisons and turn them into medicines to change the world and it's such an important topic and number one topic and like concepts that you're teaching because everything that you're teaching is so taboo right like people don't about these things they normalize like what you had gone through before diving into yourself right Right. so those are all normalized but like why can't we talk about like diving into those things deconstructing them deconditioning them to be in this higher level of intimacy pleasure love because when we do that I mean speak for yourself but it sounds and looks like it changed your whole life yeah totally I mean yeah yeah exactly And, and the, the, it's it's funny because I almost I talk about it so much now that I like I almost forget how like taboo it is you know and it's like it just blows my mind how how sex and sexuality has been like relegated to this place that's like I don't even know it's like as if it can be quarantined in its own little cabinet that we just like keep it over there and we look at it sometimes and like you know but we try to kind of tuck it away Mm -hmm. and 
and yeah, you're right. Like it, what, what I've discovered is how much it's changed my life to, to a un, unbury all of the, the negative sexual shit that like, that like ends up suppressing you, you know, ends up repressing you, ends up closing you off. Like the negative sexual stuff ends up really putting this whole lid on your entire self-expression and creative expression. And that's really what I found is like how much what I had buried about my history and like all of the stuff that I tried to cut off and put in that, in that um, so-called, you know, in the box and not look at like how much it was taking my entire self-expression and my creative expression and my ability to be vulnerable and to share myself not even in the context of sex, but just in general, like it, it was just squashing it completely. And so like opening up the sexual energy and and intimacy, if you don't even think of it through sex, it's an entire creative birthing of yourself and your self-expression. And it just allows you to be more you and more fulfilled in your life because it's an entire part of our energetic body, like sexual energy and, and all of this is creativity. It's an entire part of our energetic body. To, so to think that we can just like relegate it to intercourse, sexual intercourse and put it over here on a shelf is like crazy, you know? <laughs> it is. And, and it's like so crazy too, like talking about that like sacral, sacred energy that is our creativity, that sexual yeah. energy is. And the fact that so many people unconsciously hide that part of themselves and suppress it. And, you know, when you think about it, I would, I would say probably everyone on this earth has experienced some form of either sexual trauma, sexual abuse, sexual oppression, um, just because of society, right? Like whether or not you've experienced sexual trauma, you've probably, um, suppressed your sexuality at some Absolutely. point mm-hmm. and so yeah. there are you're you're suppressing your creative flow and your like true identity and your birthright of being a human being you know exactly and there's so many people that are just so mechanical with sex and so yeah. to like express themselves and and be present you know for themselves and for their partner yeah yeah yeah. And, and yeah, there's this whole element of our self-expression that's been, that's relegated to like, I mean, you get called, you know, if you wear a certain clothing, you get called slutty or you get called like ostentatious or like self-absorbed or something. If you want to post a sexy selfie, honestly, like posting sexy selfies was one of my biggest breakthroughs because of all of the baggage that I carried around it about, oh, you're just seeking attention and stuff. And, and I would, I would challenge myself and be like, like, I like, there was this whole thing for me about feeling beautiful. Like I, I thought that it was really unnecessary for me to feel beautiful. It just seemed like vanity. Like I just called that vanity, you know, like, 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 um, wearing, wearing makeup. Like I had a whole thing about it being for other people, you know, as if me making myself look and feel beautiful was inherently for somebody else to attract their attention, to like deceive them in some way, to win something, you know, to gain something in a, in a exchange between two humans, instead of just allowing it to be like, 
I'm taking care of my physical body. I feel beautiful. Like I, I feel radiant. Like I love the way that I look when I look in the mirror and I feel great about myself, you know, like, like this element of it's okay to just feel great in my own body, you know, that was like a huge thing for me, you know? And, And so like, and then to show that I was like, oh my God, if I take a picture of myself feeling great about my own body and how I look, what will people think of me? You know, like, it's like, oh, I'm just out here looking for attention. I'm just so vain. I'm so self-absorbed. And, and there was so much of that baggage to unpack. And yeah, I did get some, some of those comments, you know, like I did, especially from people who are close to me and know me like family and stuff like this. When I started making these changes, people were like, this isn't you, you know, this isn't you like, and, um, so there was a lot of that kind of uh, that challenge, that like backlash kind of challenge. And I feel like a lot of people find this when they start really digging up certain things about themselves that have made them the way they are <laughs> and everyone in their world sees them as the way they are. And so it's not always the most welcome thing to the people in your world when you really start um, exploring the edges of who you might be, you know, like, like I'm exploring this part of myself. I'm exploring this part of my self-expression and I'm exploring sharing it with the world. It was very like scary at first, you know? I don't know how I got on this. I don't remember what the topic was, but <laughs> but just like the way that society keeps us on our self-expression, that, that's what it was. It was a self-expression. Like just these little ways where we're like afraid of being judged, you know? Yeah, and um. I mean, for me, like this is the self-expression is actually huge. And that's how I got into coaching is because um, I used to be a classical musician. Like that was my career path. When I was in college, I studied classical violin and viola. And I did that for a long, long time. Um, And I went to like the best schools, you know, (laughs) I went to Juilliard. I went to Rice University. Like I had the best training in classical music. And every time I got on a stage, I felt like I wanted to dig myself a hole and just like, you know, disappear because I felt so um, like I could not express myself. Like I could not let go. And again, I felt like looking at myself, put my hands over my heart center. I could not let go. I had to control everything. And it was the most tense, difficult, uncomfortable experience because here I was on a stage trying to present something that's an emotional human experience to an audience. And all I'm trying to do is control every element of technical um, skill that I had mastered without letting myself break open and spill out any kind of intimacy, you know? And um, it was just so uncomfortable. And like once, sometimes I would lose lose control and lose myself and I would have those moments of like flow. And then afterwards I would just go into a complete like shame space. Like I couldn't listen to the recordings. I couldn't look at it at all because I didn't know what I had let out. It was like, it was too intimate. It was like I had unleashed something that I wasn't willing to unleash and it came out anyway. And it was like the worst, it was the worst. (laughs) It was the worst feeling. The parallel, 
yeah yeah so and and so like for me like discovering the sexuality and the sexual energy again I was like this is exactly what I was so unwilling to channel through music like I was so unwilling to let my energy flow through music I was doing this thing and at the same time trying to maintain this wall of like I'm not energetically giving you like me you know I'm I'm just playing this technique and trying to execute and um, when I first started getting into coaching, it was because I had this big breakthrough about like confidence and being yourself and fully self-expressed while you're playing music. And um, that was actually how I first got into, into coaching. My first offer was confidence in like classical music performance. And, um, and because I had really gotten into like the mindset of it. And then this just took it to a whole other level where honestly, it's hard for me to even connect it to uh, classical music because the flow is so, it's some sometimes for me, the flow like it goes beyond the rules and regulations of classical music that keep it very like historically appropriate. Like, you let too much of yourself out this becomes jazz I don't know what to tell you it's not classical music anymore <laughs> it's so interesting because before you said that I I was thinking like I wonder if like the you know like the mechanical um, experiences that we place on sexuality and then you going to this like um, really prestigious classical music school that teaches I'm sure very structured discipline like there's these rules that you must follow and so like I can really see the parallel between those two and like you actually your creative flow too like your sacral energy and how there is so much parallel there and also like trauma of each side like playing into one another exactly exactly yeah. Yeah. It was, it was a very, like that whole environment was um, very mu- much based on like, um, like exter- ex- there was a lot of external validation and that's reinforced like for, through classical music and through any, like, I feel like the way that we treat any high level skill that you have to learn over a long period of time, because you, you have a teacher and you go there every week and you play what you worked on and they say, good job, or you sound like shit, like go home and practice more. And then you feel bad about yourself because you didn't do good enough and you go and try and do it again and do it better. And and there was not um, in my, or I, I wasn't like a, available to hearing a lot of the a lot of the requests for like me to open up my self-expression through this music because it's so demanding technically and it has such a history of like what the composer wanted what was appropriate in the style of this context this historical context like what the editor's notes are like and what your teacher is teaching you that is appropriate and then like if you're going to an audition or you're going to a jury or something what they want to hear it sound like you know because there's different styles in different regions of the world you know like there were just so many external validation factors that letting yourself be fully self-expressed was like (laughs) on the list you know 
<laughs> this is where I started having issues in my coaching practice with coaching classical musicians is that when I started getting more on the side of like your true real self-expression people started telling me like yeah but that's not gonna win me this audition which is like and then I I had to be like you you might be right but <laughs> you might be more fulfilled as a human being it's gonna feel good but you might not win but you're gonna love the way it feels <laughs> and like you know hopefully someday that will all shift for people too because like how beautiful like when you think about like the energetics and the frequency behind like really good music like feel good music it is those people that are in their creative flow like in that high vibe like in that energetic frequency to just like share that intimacy flow right and it's funny because there are like I love listening to classical musicians who let themselves go there and they break rules like they break the rules, you know what I mean? Like of classical music and they, and and it works because they're, it's un, you can't argue with it. Like when you feel that like soul flow, that energy flow, that's just creating the music, you can't like, you can say, oh, but they held that note way too long. It was so out of style. You know what I mean? But it's freaking moving and everybody agrees and it works. And so you can't even argue with that kind of self-expression, you know, and it's so beautiful when people are able to do that. And there are so many classical musicians who are able to like put themselves within classical music for all of its history and all of its provenance and all of its stuff with baggage that it carries around. <laughs> like. But um, they put themselves within that and they let themselves be self-expressed and it's, it's beautiful. So I, I do like within that, when, within those, even within that structure, you can still be fully self-expressed. I, I, I do believe, cause I've heard people do it for me. Like I just, by the time that I got into all of this, I could not even see myself being like, I don't play anymore because it just does not give me any any joy or gratification anymore it's not the way that I want to channel my expression and so I I just had to be like this isn't the way that I want to channel my expression I'm just going to leave this here like yes I I can if I decide I want to play again I can pick it up and you know practice my etudes and my scales and get my chops back again. but for now I just don't feel like it you know <laughs> I was actually going to say before you said that I was like I was going to ask you like do you still play and because I'm I just like had this thought like how beautiful would that be to actually bring into your practice like meditation like having that like almost like sound therapy incorporated into what you do because obviously highly talented in order to get into a school like Juilliard like you know so maybe it will be around the corner for you that you kind of incorporate the two because that would be so I'm leaving the window for that open uh, at this point. I'm just like, I'm still having my little break with, with classical music, but, but yeah, it, I will. It, it's interesting. Like when I once in a while get the, get the urge to pick it up. Cause I'll, I'll, I'll listen to something. Like sometimes I'll listen to something and I'll be like, Ooh, Ooh, let me, let me dip back into that for a second. And then I'm like, and then I get 
as soon as I get frustrated, you know, it, it's just that I have so many years of it being this one way. And so to come back into it and try and like open up into it in a different way, it, it's like a whole new relationship with that instrument. And so I've found, for example, like music, I've found a whole new love of music, but different types of music, you know, like when I play guitar, it's a different context for music for me. So I find it much more self-expressive at this point because I didn't learn it within that structure. You know, it's like I can come to it differently or or dance. You know, I, I'm, I love to dance now, which I never did before. Um, and it's, I'm like feeling the music, but I'm feeling it in an entirely different way than like I used to. So yeah, it is, I feel like, um, in the future, I could, I could see myself bringing it back in, but yeah, well, it will be like a whole new, uh, relationship to build. journey on its own all over again. Yeah, exactly. I get that. And that's understandable. And thank you for sharing everything that you've shared with us so far. What yeah, absolutely. That you've been on and it's very inspiring to hear. Thank you. Thanks. Of course. I was going to look and see what other questions I wanted to bring in the topic or kind of just hear your insight and thoughts on this but you work have you worked with like gosh lack of a better word but have you worked with like straight people and lgbtq people or are you yeah yeah I have yeah I've worked I work with both and um would you say between the two communities or different cultures whatever we want to say here would you say you notice them experience the same challenges i think that with lg with the lgbtq community the there's a lot more in my work about masculine and feminine energetics energetics and 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 just because feeling empowered in your sexuality i mean this actually is across the board but for like just in general for like um for like straight women in in a heterosexual marriage like there's a lot more of activating the feminine energy for lgbtq community there's a lot more of like balancing the masculine and feminine energies and bringing in elements that allow you to feel most empowered in your sexual self expression and in your self expression period you know because there's just a lot more like ebb and flow of those things and and even like allowing them to ebb and flow um moment by moment like daily you know <laughs> these and so that is has been more of a focus when i work with lgbtq plus uh people just in general that's just been the one thing that i've noticed as a difference mm -hmm. that makes sense yeah like for me i was always for example very much in my masculine energy and like I, um, I don't know if your listeners know super a lot about like masculine versus feminine energies, like not in terms of not speaking in terms of like genders or gender roles, even it's, it's, it's a, it's, it's like the two poles of an energetic spectrum. And we both have both energies. We all have both energies. <laughs> so every single human being on this planet yeah. has energies inside of your body uh -huh. every uh -huh. single human being has both masculine and feminine energies inside of your body 
and they ebb and flow and you can use them or activate them to your fullest self-expression and finding the balance on a moment to moment basis is what makes you feel powerful in my in my opinion like powerful is the word for it. i know some people think of powerful as a more of a for lack of a better word masculine <laughs> approach like powerful you know like we're forward moving power but also powerful is in like the ability to relax, the ability to surrender, the ability to um, let let things go that aren't serving you, you know, and and the ability to care for yourself and move through your day in a way that's empowering. Uh, so so yes, the masculine and feminine energies for me was like a big another big part of my journey because I was always very much in my masculine energy, even when I was like acting a feminine role, you know, and um. So learning how to like be in my feminine and like experience my body and the sensations of my body and even like experience my own emotions and hold space for my emotions and allow myself to process things instead of just being like, no, I don't want to feel that. I'm going to bypass that. I'm going to do my work because this is what I put on my to-do list today and I have to do it. And like, I will check all of these things off and that's when I'll feel good about myself. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's like this toxic masculinity overriding like a wounded feminine and a wounded masculine, honestly. But um, so, so balancing that for me was like, what allowed me to be more comfortable in more of a shape shifty type of role, which in my sexual expression, I'm sometimes really like to be in a dominant role. Sometimes I really like to be in a submissive role. And I was not comfortable being in a submissive role ever, even though I wanted it. And um, so that's what, uh, what shifted a lot for me when I started working on the masculine feminine energy balance is that I was able to like actually feel much more pleasure being in both roles actually, but especially being able to like receive pleasure. You know, I would want to be the one doing everything because I knew that if I was giving somebody pleasure. I was doing my job well. Check that off the box, you know, like in my mind, you know, not like, but, but it's just, it's just the same kind of performance conditioning you know I wanted to do a good job and if I could see if I was doing a good job and the other person was receiving pleasure I knew that I was like good you know for like a better word <laughs> and I was not very open to like receiving pleasure on my end actually real physical deep pleasure and yeah that is the sad reality for a lot of people mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. Especially, well, I mean, I'm sh like for straight people too, but especially in the LGBTQ community, like people I feel um, really dive into the masculine or feminine role and feel like they have to pick and choose and they can't coexist together. And it's, yeah, it's amazing. I hear this, that, that same thing about this, especially about the service thing a lot. And the funny thing about like the picking and choosing is that at, at a certain point, the what needs to be healed or whatever like what needs to be brought in or, or attuned or whatever masculine feminine they become one in the same because of how much the feminine energy allows the masculine to be powerful it's like you can't really separate them because they're both the same thing they're just different sides of it so like your your masculine energy is empowered by your feminine energy. And if, you're, if your feminine energy is not there, your, your masculine energy is 
wounded. You know what I mean? It's like, so I can't, I'm trying to figure out a way to explain this well, but, um, but yeah, the point is that working on the feminine energy allowed me to be more like, uh, fulfilled and assertive in the masculine role, you know, it allows more pleasure in the masculine energy role as well, because you're able to feel yourself more. You're able to like be so much more in touch with, with the, the space of pleasure rather than the action of doing, if that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. Uh, of course the openness of the intimacy, which is a whole other story. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I feel like we're going on this like uh, topic of like also like the manifestation powers in your sexuality too. Like, has there been anything that you've like really dove in and tapped in with like yourself or your clients? Like, do you have any cool stories about using like your, your sacred sexuality to also manifest things? Um, Yeah. Like, I, I, I have just started playing with like the sex magic rituals, like these types of things. Yes. I, I have just started playing with that, with that concept and I love the concept. So the idea is that like you're opening when you are experiencing real deep physical pleasure, you're opening your entire energetic system to like the highest energetic vibrations that are available to you. And if you're holding in your mind, this idea that like, I'm creating this, I am creating this life for myself, or I'm calling in this person or this thing, then your entire body is resonating at the frequency of that thing. And it is literally pulling it into your realm. And yeah, so, so I do play with this. And the, the amazing thing is it's like, it's a, the somatic experience of being in the space of whatever you're having in your head. So um, I I play with it in terms of like the, 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 the life that I'm creating, the life that I'm creating is, is what I will do. Like if I'm self-pleasuring in this kind of like doing this, um, they call it sex magic. I feel like, I feel like that's like, <laughs> It sounds really, it sounds really woo-woo. They even talk about it in Think and Grow Rich. Like millionaires and billionaires use this to their advantage as well. It's a You're really- right. They do talk about it in Think and Grow Rich. They title, they call it like sex transmutation or transmutation. Yes, I forgot about that. They do talk about it. In, and they even and they talk, talk about it in the Bible as they well. They do, yeah. You stop. Like, uh, like you have to read between the lines yes you can read oh, it wow. like readings and anal- like analyzations of like the bible and stuff like that he really does oh, i remember being so triggered by that part of think and grow rich like <laughs> because it was before like it was way early on and i was like what the what the hell like like <laughs> i remember thinking that it must have been I remember really dismissing that. And I, I want to go back and read just to like be in my head for where I was at at that time. But I remember really dismissing it as like a very like, <clears throat> like um, um, man centered. <laughs> I wanted to say masculine, but, but after talking about masculine, feminine energetics, a very man centered uh, like idea, you know? And so I'm I'm curious as to what I was thinking when I was because I, I wondered is this applicable to w- women or is this just because it's like a man writing this at this specific time in history you know what I mean it was like 
I really dismissed that section. I didn't like it. Cool to, that would yeah. be cool to go back for you and see what yeah, you Yeah, I'm going to go back and read it and be like, what was I, you know, where was that? Because yeah, no, that was at a time where I was not in this space at all. So it's but yeah, no. go back to and like pick apart and dissect like your old beliefs. And then like, yeah. and you're like, oh, wow. Like, and you can like be like even so much more proud of yourself where you are right now. Like even three months ago, we had probably broken down beliefs that are completely different now. And that's yeah. self-development. It is. That is so much fun. That is so much fun. But yes, I do. I do love this concept of like, of opening up to that energy, you know, the, the manifestation um, qualities. And I also just in terms of generally manifesting things like, like when you get that sacral energy going and you allow what desire is and that feeling of desire, that feeling of like, I want this in my life, you know, which a lot of, there's so much programming and um, conditioning against this. Like you shouldn't want a bunch of stuff, you know, you shouldn't want what you don't have. And like, you shouldn't, you know, you should be happy with what you have. And there's, I will say this till the end of time. There's like, it's not mutually exclusive that you are happy with what you have and that you desire what you desire. You know, it's like be profoundly grateful for everything that you have. And I'm creating this, mm -hmm. you know, it's like they both go together. You can you, you will have a t very difficult time creating this. If you're not profoundly grateful for what you have. Right. One step right there that you're saying it's putting the feminine with the masculine too. like be grateful, exactly. for what you have, but work hard for what you want. Exactly. That is exactly the feminine, the masculine. You're right. Um, so, so yeah, in terms of like manifesting your desires in your life, there's so much of that just in general of activating the sacral and the sexual energy, because it's like allowing yourself to feel the desire, which is there in the sacral, like feeling, I desire this. And then allowing that to like build this fire of I'm going to act for this. I'm going to act towards this. I'm going to like, let my whole energetic body move towards this desire and create it. And, it, and it's like, when you honor the desire and you honor that you are going to um, move towards it, you just end up creating it in, in kind of less of an effortful way than when you come from the thinking mind and you're like, and you're like forcing it through you, you know, and you're like pushing yourself in this way that's not a, a flow towards the natural desire. Said that for yeah. yeah. Something just clicked in my head, like because it is true. Like the more you really tap into, like, well, first off for the listeners, like you got to do the work and do the unlearning and the deconditioning to like really uh, be a conscious being to use these things to your advantage. But when you're able to do that, it's really about using more of that feminine energy to make these mechanical, like uh, physical things, happen a whole lot faster and more impactful. But without yeah. feminine energy, like coming out through that you it, it just doesn't match because you're not happy you're not grateful you're not proud of it you're not excited about it you're not passionate about it so you exactly it's all energy at the end of the day it really yeah. it really comes down yeah. to that masculine and feminine energy and I just I feel like if if we took this even deeper like I feel as though like you know straight people honestly kind of deal with the same thing gay people deal with sexual sexual wise because they're so constrained to what society and the media and everything presents of what you need to be in a relationship whether doesn't matter your gender at the end of the day if we didn't have these labels on people we wouldn't be acting in these ways right 
Right. So yeah, it's just so fascinating. All of this stuff is so fascinating because everything that you teach, believe it or not, this is all things that Katie and I learned through our relationship, like 3000 miles away. The only thing we, the only reason we know and can like keep a conversation with you today is because like we learned we, all of this. Yeah. We unconsciously because, like, experienced our twin flame connection when we found out it was like just like revealed us to so many things that we didn't know what was happening so it like forced us to look into these things it yeah, was that's a- so mm-hmm. we really really believe in what you teach and what you do in the world because it is so powerful and it does change your life and it change your it changes your perception on everything yeah really, really you can you can do I don't know like you can really you can go as far as you want on personal growth but like when you have another partner who's on that journey with you and then you take it to a whole nother level in your sex life it just like you're in a whole new realm of living it's like and that's why like you were so intriguing to us because if we would have known that like someone like you existed in the beginning of our journey, Mm -hmm. oh my gosh, you would have been able to make it so much easier. And like, we would have been able to understand it as we were experiencing it, but we didn't even know that coaches like you even existed at the time because we had never experienced it. We had never looked into it. We didn't even know what like chakras were back then. Like we didn't know anything. We just were like, what are we feeling? Right. Right. Yeah. It's um, created the best sex life, honestly, that I've ever had in my whole life, 3000 miles away. Like, and <laughs> together, first time in person, it was like, well, I don't even know. It was magic. I was literally like <laughs> ecstasy. It was something because yeah. we experienced it energetically. Yeah. Miles away. And then bringing that energy into the physical world for the first time was like, I don't know. It was something. Yeah. It's incredible. And like, and, and we, <laughs> It, it, it's almost like so many of us write off the idea of really mind-blowingly amazing sex yeah. you know and like we I don't know think it's it's something a thing of movies or something like that mm-hmm. but it it really is so available it just takes a lot of the like you said, the deconditioning, deprogramming, like a lot of getting, letting go of shedding this mindset stuff, a lot of stuff that we have and opening up our physical experience and our energetic bodies. It's like, it's so available to all of us. Like we really all can have an amazing sex life with our partners and one that never gets old because it's a constant rediscovery. It can't possibly be old because it's not just the mechanics of like, how does it work? You know what I mean? It's like, it's, it's as living as your literal living life, because it is a literal expression of your living life together, you know? So I just, I'm so passionate about people accessing that with, with the person they love, because then you feel so much more fulfilled and, and connected and close to the person that you love. And that's like, so important. It's just so important. Really is. Yeah. I just love the way that you talk about it. I love the way that you teach it. I love the way that you really bring in self-expression into what you teach as well, because it's such a key component. Like we can do this work in here and it feels good. But like what you said, going back to what you said about like actually putting that in the world and then actually criticism and judgment back from like expressing yourself in these new ways. So it's like all a part of the process. And when you can unlock that in the bedroom, you can unlock that in every area of your life. It's like the first place to feel that comfort, safety, secure oh, yeah. empowerment, and then bring that everywhere else. 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah, doing the 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 sexual shadow work and all this, you're like digging into the sex programming and all of this stuff. If you if you're gonna go in that, if you're gonna go that deep, you know, if we're gonna go deep, yeah. the unlocking is everywhere. You know, it's like the deepest, darkest stuff to really dive into the sexual programming and all of the stigma and all of the stuff we hold on to about it. But it's like it's the ultimate unlocking is what I find. <laughs> if you unlock it there in the bedroom, you're, <laughs> you've unlocked it like everywhere, you know? So yeah, it's powerful. <laughs> it really is. Well, we could probably talk about this all day, but for time constraint wise, um, I'm just going to say thank you so much. It was yeah. such a pleasure talking to you today and just allowing our listeners and hopefully your listeners to, um, to really just hear how powerful what you do is like in the world and for so many different reasons not just sex and intimacy it goes way beyond that so so much for talking with us today yes thank you so much for having me on I really enjoyed it (laughs) thank you for being here and for the listeners if you enjoyed listening today where can they find you Oh, yes. You can find me at my new Instagram account, which is at leahgastler.new. I just started a new one. I had to, I needed a fresh space. So that's where you can find me at (laughs) leahgastler.new. Perfect. And hopefully we'll be seeing some new like manifestation, sex magic and all that stuff. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Go, Go check her out because the work she's doing and everything that she's bringing into the world is really important and it is meaningful work and it can change the world. So please go check her out. She deserves it. So thank you for being here today. It was an honor having you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for being here today. We look forward to having you here on the next episode. We would really appreciate it if you get any kind of value out of this podcast or know someone that would gain value from this podcast. Please do us a favor and share this podcast on your social media and with others. Because this message will truly only grow organically with the algorithm from you sharing this message or writing up a rating and review. So if you gain anything from the podcast and can do that huge favor for us, we would greatly appreciate it and love you more than we already do. Make it your mission to live with more intention and be the lighthouse for other people.